0: Hola Mujerones, welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, Un Mujeron, and someone that I have grown very, very close to. Cristina Villanueva, she is the COO of a tech startup company called Negozi. And if you haven't heard of Negozi yet, brace yourself, because I truly believe Negozi will be one of the top Latino entrepreneur communities um, platforms, just the all-go-to for Latino-owned businesses. Cristina, thank you so much for being here, amiga. Thank you.
1: No, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here and you what a wonderful introduction you did for me. So thank you so much. As as you mentioned, Sonia, we met, you know, when you came to visit Milwaukee. I won't forget. And I gave you, I embraced you with a big hug and just your, you, you vibrate so much positivity. And I think that's why so many people attract to you and as well with your movement of Mujeron, just because it's one thing when you say it and another thing when you feel it. And, and that's, I don't know if it's a gift, you know, I always say those are special talents that every, each of us have. So I first would like to thank you creating the space and platform and using your talents not only for you right but you're sharing it with so many women that all have been impacted by some sort of way when we meet you whether it's just a hug or a piece of advice that you give us so thanks again to all of those who are listening to us i am so excited to be here i've heard your podcast every time when i travel that's one of my favorite things to do. It's I'm alone in the hotel and I'm like, oh, I me siento solita. You know, I listen to Sonia. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me here today.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you. And I feel like this episode's going to be like, nosotras, all <laughs> the compliments. Because yes. truly, if you don't know Christy, I want to just kind of paint a picture for our listeners here because she is your amiga that will cheer you on always share what you're up to she's always there to see how she can support you and I love the community we have built within each other and also like those friendships that don't require a lot right because I feel like we also know like hey we might not talk to each other for Mm -hmm. two three months but we always kind of come back and know that we're there for each other. So thank you so much for that. I'm excited to talk more about your story because you have a very incredible story and everything you have built. And a little bit more about all of the things that you're doing, because even just last year, you had some very exciting things. And this year, it's even getting better. So can you start with telling us a little bit about your own journey and your Mujeron story?
1: Sure, thank you. So ah, the journey, I always, I've always thought about it as definitely of something unfolding. And I've always discussed that my story is the story of a butterfly. That's how a lot of us are when I feel it, especially as a monarch butterfly that represents immigration. And I'll start off with that. What does that mean to Christina, right? So this young woman here, I was born in Guadalajara, Jalisco my father is from Monterrey, and he met my mom in a small town. My mom, a small town girl, you know, comes this big, tall man, handsome, my father saying, you know, embracing her and loving her for who she is. And then they decided to move into a big city, which was Monterrey. I wasn't born in Monterrey because it was, it's really hot out there for those that haven't been there. And my mom was like, yeah, this heat is not cutting it. I have a summer baby. I'm, you know, eight, nine months pregnant here. I'm going back to Guadalajara. And that is where my story began with my father and my mother living in Mexico at about a year and a half, my parents got a divorce and my mom as a single mom decided to embrace the trajectory of giving something to her daughter that she couldn't have back in Mexico. And that was the number one thing was education. And I take a pause at it because maybe there's a lot of listeners here that we sometimes take for granted the opportunity to go to school. My mom had to stop going to school when she was in elementary. My great my grandfather is a butcher and my mom my grandma has always been entrepreneur. She used to make gelatinas and she made longaniza, the best longaniza and shout out, you know, el Bajo. And just remembering, you know, realizing that They come from that entrepreneur spirit, right? Where nothing holds them. Let's go. So, my mom decided to cross the border with me um, to California. And that's where I would say, you know, for the longest time, up to when I was in middle school, I didn't even know que no era de aquí, como la India Maria, right? Como ni de aquí ni de allá. I had no idea of my immigration status until, I remember we were gonna have a trip in, I, the first experience was in elementary, but I still didn't understand. We were gonna have a trip uh, outside at, at, out of the state and we were gonna travel. And I told my mom, hey, we're doing this graduation trip, can I go? And she said, no hijita, quédate conmigo, voy a estar solita. You know? And she was covering me without telling me the truth yet at that time. She was scared of course, now I realize that I would get deported. And through it all, it was never a, a conversation we had at home, right? It was never we never talked about my social security or <laughs> my legal status at all. So I grew up like any normal, you know, U.S. citizen here, pledging allegiance to the flag and all these great things and really believing in this country that we call America our home, right? So I didn't face reality, Sonia, of this whole immigration status till I was graduating from from high school. Sorry. When I was graduating from high school, I started to apply and I was getting accepted left and right. And here I am applying for FAFSA, which is financial aid. With the social that I had, because back then in California, they would Mm -hmm. give you a social that was used, I believe, to register how many people were there. And I believe they gave us some sort of insurance. And well, my mom said it was there, right? But it always said not valid for working. So but I wasn't working, I was just going to go to school. So I started to apply and... I had really good grades, because one of the things was the priority of my mom was always education. There's a, a phrase that she says in Spanish that I'll never forget. And she says, and that resonated after we went through the process of immigration. But that's when I realized, like, Oh, my gosh, this social is not even valid for school. What the heck I was getting these rejections from FAFSA saying, yeah, you're not a US citizen nor a resident. You can't apply for financial aid. Wow. And I was like, oh. Then I started getting letters saying that they were going to treat me as an international student because back then they didn't have DACA or in state tuition. Mm-hmm. And I just remember everybody being so excited about their graduation. And you know, if you've been through it, your senior year, what you wanna do is get out of the high school and start your new life with either going to a different state or start to embrace of what your calling is, you know? And here's Christina, you know, I'm 17 years old and I have no idea what's ahead of me. And I'm thinking like, all these terms like international student, um, no financial aid awards, but I kept applying. And there's one key thing in life, Sonia, and that is when you surround yourself with great people. There was this beautiful and amazing teacher by the name of Miss Vicky Coleman. And I knew she knew my immigration status, but that was never an obstacle for her. She would say, Christy, you should apply here, and you should apply there. And such a petite woman with so much impact that she did in us students, right, when we were in high school. But going back, um, a little bit further back is, and I'll tell you why I'm gonna say this, but back in middle school, there was a program called Fulfillment Fund in California where they would set you up with a mentor. And they came to our school, Marina Del Rey, and they said, are there any kids that would like to receive a mentor? You'll get out of your last class. And I'm like, oh, me, it was history. I'm I'm horrible at history. So don't (laughs) ask me anything about history. And I said, oh, yo, you know, so here I go. You know, I was how old, I must've been 14, 13 years old. And they're asking me to write down what will be the ideal mentor. I have no idea. I mean, I did not even heard that word mentor. I don't know someone like my mom, I thought or I don't know caring, you know, nature that that nature's me that loves me for who I am, I guess. So they asked us to express who we wanted to meet and a little bit about ourselves. And that's when I met my true angel, I call her. That's when I met Kathleen Brancic. And She was my mentor and continues to be my mentor since I was 12 years old. Well, this woman not only created an impact on me, but we lived in some apartments in Culver City. And I remember all my friends saying, ay viene la gringa, because she was the only lady coming to (laughs) pick me up once a month, you know, to take me to these places. But go forward, I moved here. So I was first in California. Then I come to Wisconsin, and then I graduate from Wisconsin's high school. And we don't have in-state tuition program here. There was an in-state tuition program in California, so Kathleen calls me and says, "Well, maybe you can come and apply here and get the in-state." Hmm. Well, I did some research, and they said, "Well, no, because you didn't graduate here." I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like everything was closing for me. I'm like, "Okay." I was two years away from graduating from a high school in California, and now you're telling me that I'm not a resident of California, because I don't qualify because I didn't graduate from a high school there. So a week before, or two weeks before my graduation, I can't really remember, but it was a very short period between when I was graduating, I get a call. I get a call from Kathleen that it's a call that I get emotional because it's impacted my whole life. I get a call from her and she says, Christy, how are you doing with your decision to go to college? And I said, well, you know, we're staying very positive here. My mom says she has about like maybe, you know, $10,000 to help me out with school, which honestly, Sonia, that was just gonna cover one semester as an international student, but I'm I'm keeping positive. I said, I've thought of a lot of things. Maybe I'll just go back to Mexico, Monterrey, and I'll study at the Tecnológico, but I know I want to go to school. So she says, You know, I've been speaking with my husband, Bill, and we really know there's something special in you and we want to help you. And I said, Okay, like I'm like, help, maybe mil dollars, you know, a thousand dollars here. She says, no, we want to help you to pay for your four years of college. And I'm like, "What?" she says, we know one day you will pay that forward. And I said, but where am I going to study? She says, why don't you come and live with us? It's easier. The immigration law is easier here in California. And you at least can get a driver's license here as well. So I go and, and I go and I live with them. Wow. So this is, you know, in a three-story house in Marina Del Rey. Wow. And I, I just, I, I didn't even understand the process. I'm 17 years old, moving into this neighborhood it all seems so unreal. I remember I used to walk because a lot I would take the bus, take three buses to get to Santa Monica Community College at first, and they would stop me and say, "Oh, do you clean houses around here?" <laughs> <laughs> I tell people, "Yo siempre era morenita, no más que aquí en Wisconsin." Honestly, I, we don't get any sun, and I don't know what happened to me. I'm a morenita now, but I'm—I always had the best tan, you know, living by the beach. So. Clearly, you could picture me, brown hair, you know, that cut, that melena cut, that I don't know why we were thinking that was cute back then. (laughs) You know, so it's just, I understand, you know, they thought that I didn't live there. Mm. But my mentors taught me that one of the biggest lessons as well is you have to put a seat, even if there's not one for you, Sonia. Mm -hmm. And you really have to believe that, that you are and belong anywhere you want to belong. Will it be hard? Will you be the only one that looks like you? Yes. So that's a little bit about Christina and where this passion comes from of helping especially Latinas underserved immigrants and that's a little bit about me about who Christy is you know and and now we can you know in in a couple of uh, moments we'll talk about where Christy's going now with that
0: yes so so powerful I love your story just because I feel like a lot of us can see ourselves right in the the struggle and I was fortunate to be born in the US, but my brothers weren't. So I mm-hmm. I lived firsthand a lot of the struggles and opportunities and doors that were shut because of their status. So thank you so much for sharing that and always bringing that to light. Because I I think that one of the things that is for sure still something that's being lived with a lot of our community right a lot of our community is still going through the same things mm-hmm. and it's important that we bring the light and just share about our, our story so I want to talk a little bit about everything that you've built because anytime that I see you I know that you're like so busy with all of you know you have two businesses you're a mama of two your daughter just had a quinceanera and you know funny enough we I was sitting in the table because fui, fui, fui <laughs> <laughs> and we were seeing you dancing with your daughter and doing like the surprise dance. And we're like, where does Christy have time to like <laughs> learn this choreographed thing and then run her businesses and be a present mom and like do all of the things. Can you tell us a little bit about the journey of being able to, just wear all of the hats, because I think as moms as well, it's been one of the hardest things for me to transition into not feeling guilty, right, of like leaving my son with a babysitter and like doing my thing. And how have you been able to navigate that and build everything that you have until this point? Yes.
1: So the number one thing I would first say is you need a support system. You can't do this alone. It is so crucial to find yourself that village that supports you. Yeah. I would be lying to you if I would say that I've accomplished this by myself. I haven't. Number two, or number one, actually for me, it is, is to me is to always have God in our life. That's always brings me clarity. Mm. You know whatever your religion is, whatever you believe in, I always feel that you should always be driven by a purpose, right? That allows you to be present in the moment. So being present in the moment, really having some spirituality of what you're meant for this world, it helps to ease things out as well. Having the village to protect you, to guide you, to help you, to support you matters so much. And to me, I've been very fortunate to have a very supportive partner, my husband. As much as he's away from the scene all the time, you will never see him rarely around with me or events and things like that. I tell him he holds it down at home. You know, mm. he's the one that's able to cook, clean, help me. He wears whatever I need him to do. He's always there. And I think that Finding yourself, whether in the relationship, whether you decide to be single mom or you decide to be single and not have you know, a partner, when you're starting a business, you can't do it by yourself, you can't. You really need those people next to you that are going to stick through it. And like I mentioned at the beginning, it's, it's being present in the moment. Like right now, Sonia, I have a big event on Saturday with the Consulado. I have another big event on Thursday and I have lots of other things going on, but does that really matter right now? No, what matters is that the women that are listening to this are getting a clear message of what it is to be an entrepreneur. What is Christina's story? Is being present in that moment. And I see that a lot of times when you're out with friends, you know, you really gotta pay attention who you're hanging out with. Are they really listening to you or are they just busy on their phone without having those conversations? And and I get it. You're not gonna have deep conversations with everyone, right? Sometimes you're gonna meet people and they're gonna cross your path for, you know, a certain reason or a time and, and that's okay. But staying true to yourself of knowing that you're humble enough to ask for help, that's the biggest thing. Our pride kills us all the time because we're so engraved in our heads. I got to do this on my own. I can't ask for help. What are they going to think about me if I, if I don't have it all together? If I sit here and, I, you know, and I'm not perfect on social media, there's no one who's perfect. And when you believe in that and when you really start embracing yourself of who you are, it takes a lot, Sonia. It takes a lot because we have all these different emotional traumas that we have to figure out. Mm. We're healing. We're not only healing through the process, but we're healing our parents through it too. As this first generation, you know, it's learning that, my mom is living her life through me. So going back of being able to manage, you know, two companies, one of them sees over a thousand clients a year, which is our tax and accounting company. And the other one we see over, I mean, 16,000 followers we have that see our newsletter and keeping up, right? But it's never about keeping up with everyone else. It's what are you doing in your lane? What is your clear vision?
0: And when you know
1: that, everything Mm -hmm. starts to go in place.
0: I love that. Clarity is definitely one of the main things. Mm -hmm. And I love this idea of, one, being vulnerable enough to ask for help. Mm -hmm. I want to relate it to something that's very personal with you. It was me taking care of my son full-time and trying to run my business full-time. And I remember you told me about your mom and you know, that she could take care of him. And it has been the probably the most, just the most beautiful help I've had. <laughs> so I wanted to share that because the, the vulnerability that comes behind accepting that you need the help and the support is so powerful. And it really allows you to go further, right? So I want to talk about community and just like how do we build those relationships of the people that are truly going to help us get to the next level whether it's just someone there to listen to us whether it's someone that we can have meaningful conversations or finding those key people that are going to help us maybe take our business to the next level what what kind of advice or tips do you have for women that maybe haven't built that close circle or haven't been exposed to those people? How can they start? Oh, that's a great question.
1: I would always say is organically, right? Like being yourself. A lot of the times close friends to me say, Christy, you're way too nice. You give so many opportunities or you're just like, you open your heart to others. And you know what, Sonia? If you don't do that, people are not going to know who you really are. Mm -hmm. And now saying that, it's going to hurt sometimes because there are people that you're going to really, truly open yourself to and they might not respond the same way. But you never know if you're not able to really, really get to be vulnerable. So one of the things is letting things go, like letting, how do I wanna say it? Like things that are gonna work out are gonna just eventually flow with you. Like you never you never should, should force yourself to any relationship. You said it at the beginning of our podcast. You said how we don't see, we live close to each other. We are both in Milwaukee, right? and i could tell you ladies i don't see sonia very often as i should (laughs) but when we do it doesn't seem like i'm being approached by you in a way of like well christy never has time for me right Mm -hmm. we need to be able to listen to what people are saying about us how are they responding back to us what what is a healthy relationship look like and unfortunately Sometimes we don't know because we've never witnessed it in our home. Mm. So it takes us to be enough to say, you know what? I need this help in growing this part of me. So in order for you to build a community, you have to also trust your intuition. Is it, is it, is el estómago when you meet someone and you're like, ooh, no, como que <laughs> you know? Trust, learn to trust your body. It's gonna tell you. Also, do your research. What are, does the person have other friends? Is it just like, are they only attracted to you and why don't they have other friends, right? What are people saying about them? Like, you know, it's like a saying in Spanish. So what are people saying about the person? Yeah, some people might talk negative or might not be positive, but what is the overall? What are they overall saying about, you know, about Cristina? How does she interact with others? And, and I think that is one of the biggest advice I could give any woman. It's, it's really learning who you are because once you really learn who you are and the value that you have, you will not settle for anything less. Mm. The problem is that we settle for things that are not good enough for us. And why? Because we don't even believe that we're good enough for it.
0: Yes, I love that always starts with, with ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And like, really, I I always tell my clients, like, in order for you to really step into the next version, or that version of yourself that you have in your mind, it's truly, it truly starts with you, people will not begin to see that version of yourself until mm-hmm. you believe that, you know, you're ready for that. I want to talk about leadership now, because I feel like we're, we both share that in the sense of, building communities and and leading you know a movement through negozi you've been doing a lot for women in the community women entrepreneurs and I think I love some of the things that you said because I think sometimes there there are things that come with leadership that maybe we can be misunderstood right or the things that people maybe say or like they don't really know what's going on behind the scenes but how have you been able to really find the balance between being able to step into the leadership role while also staying true to yourself? Because I think a lot of times it can be difficult.
1: Mm -hmm. It it takes, we go back to it, right? Leadership, takes a great level also of being humble,
0: mm-hmm.
1: understanding that, you know, there are people that are not gonna see your vision and they're not gonna understand it, but it's okay. I just had a conversation with one of my team and I said, if you are not feeling uncomfortable, you are not growing. Mm-hmm. I'll say it again. If you are not feeling uncomfortable, you're not growing. We love our comfort level. We love to be like, oh, I I can go in here and I can handle it myself, right? And, And leadership takes you to go that extra level. To go that extra level and say, as a leader, I'm here for the people that are next to me. I always say, as a leader, you don't have people behind you. A good leader always, always has people on their shoulder on the side of them. Those that wanna be into themselves will say, my team's in the back. My team's never in the back. I always call my team a familia. We all have to respect where everyone comes from and we all have something to give to the company, to the project that we're doing and we each have to bring out that leadership in everyone else. But what happens, Sonia, is many leaders, and I'll be honest to say it, many leaders are very self-centered. And it's mm. about me. This is about me. And it's not about you to be a good leader. It's about who you are raising up next to you. If you're not raising up good, good people around you, then you have no leadership skills. Mm. By intimate, it being intimidating, That's old school. We need to change that and say, I'm going to teach others what I've done so you don't have to go through the same thing. But specifically Latinos, we don't do that. We have the, the, the effect of the crab, right? It's, oh, I see Christina going up. Well, let me pull her down because no, 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 no. She has to suffer. She has to go through the things. Why do I have to, and I heard this from Unapologetic Latina, your event last year in October, which I'm excited to go to this year. But you know, she said that, she spoke about, why is it that I have to go through the same thing instead of saying, hey, Sonia, I went through that. You know what, you should go around this way because this, is, this will help you get there faster, but it's hard because we want to keep saying no 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 if i worked hard for it you have to work twice as hard Mm. so as a leader really staying true to what your mission is now there's going to be obstacles along the way and it's not easy i can't tell you that being a business owner on top of buying a commercial building and and expanding my real estate all of that has been easy something and every moment has to give, has to give. And I'll share something with you ladies that I haven't shared with many people, but to me, it was an eye opener when my daughter Madeline, as she's going through her teenage years, 14, this was when she was 14, she looked at me and she said, mom, I am not part of your agenda. Mm. I need you to be present. So as a good leader, you never forget your home. It's really, really, really important. And I stress that. As a good leader, your kids, Sonia, you only have them for a small period of time. Finding the balance, there's no such thing as a perfect balance. And I told her, I understand, Mija, that it was hard, but you know what? I'm so thankful that I created a space where you can talk to me about this and know that mom's going to listen. I would have never said that to my mom. I'd be like, man, my mom didn't come to any of my events, you know, but she was (laughs) hustling, having two jobs and being a single mom, but she did what she could, right? Now I wanted to change that with my daughter and allowing her to have a space to be able to fully express herself. So going back to leadership, a good leader starts at home. You have to start with good leadership at home. And from then, man, you can be the sunshine. It, It saddens me so much to see how people are great leaders outside and in camera, but behind the scene, they're horrible. At what they do, and it, and it, it and it saddens me because they live empty, Sonia. Mm-hmm. You're living two lives. When you are who you are, you don't have to force any relationship or any type of movement that you're doing. Because
0: this is so good. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, because I I feel like we've all been there, right? Anyone that's built, it's it's really easy to kind of lose yourself when you're like concentrating so much on building and growing that going back like you said to to the root of everything your why right your family the people you love is so important so thank you so much for sharing that so I have one more question and then I want you to tell us what you have coming up Mm -hmm. and then we're done yes (laughs) but what would you tell little if you could tell her something.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Ah, What will I tell little Christina?
0: Well, I would first start
1: off by telling her that everything's gonna be okay, Mm -hmm. right? That even if the country didn't really understand her, they gave her an opportunity, right? And I'm very thankful for that. I would also tell her that living without a father everything's gonna be okay. It is very hard to, I've always been this like role model, this perfect person that I had to be for my mom, you know, speaking, being her translator for everything through immigration, through anything, legal justice stuff. I always had to translate everything for her. So I had to grow up really fast. So the little Christina, You know, she always enjoyed the rain, you know, she just enjoyed the moments that she had and uh, look at where we're at now, you know. So I'm forever grateful for the people that have been in my life, that passed through my life and that will come to my life.
0: Mm Yes, so beautiful. I am sure little Cristina is so proud of you. Mm -hmm. So proud to see where she's gotten to and where she's Mm -hmm. going. Thank you so much, Amiga, for sharing your story, sharing a little bit more about you and all of the knowledge and wisdom that you poured on us today. Mm -hmm. If women want to be a part of your movement and Ngozi and what all the things that you're doing, where can they stay in touch? What can they do to be a part of it?
1: Yeah. So first of all, what I would do is I would go on our Negozi website. So it's n-e-g-o-z-e-e.com. As you mentioned, it's a tech startup for La Red Empresarial for Latinos. So I say we're help people from all over the country, all over the world to learn that they have a community with us. We started this with the thought of how our parents had to come to this country and they didn't know where to start. Mm-hmm. So, there's still many of us that have even lived in this country for many years and we don't know the ropes to everything. We don't know who to help us, who do we go with, what type of accounting, what permits do we need, all of those different things. So, Negozi is a platform of a community, of an entrepreneur community. And we have this big event, right, that we've been promoting, which is a mastermind for Renueva Te Mujer which we're lucky that we're going to have Mujerón on there. We're going to have Sonia mm-hmm. with us, but you could find us there. I always tell people, create a profile, hang out, come and check our website. See what you like. We don't charge you to come and create a free profile. Get to know who we are, what our mission is, what do we do? And if you are a content creator, or if you are an expert in something, come and show our show our users, show the world what you have to present, you know, so many times when we're when there's an ask, it requires a lot. And with our company, I always tell Tony, I don't like to ask people forcibly to buy something or become a member, you know, things like that. We say, you know, come and hang out, come to our events, check us out, you know what you like, but you're going to find people who are very caring and inspirational and i really hope that if you are listening to this and you are an expert in any of those fields that you get the courage to create a profile and eventually to teach a class or to have your own show whatever it is you know that you want to do but this is a platform for our community
0: i love it thank you so much and i'll make sure to link everything on the show notes so you can follow negozi and learn more about the platform thank you again so much amiga for your time and for your story i'm so excited to be at your event and share with all the mujeres i'll also link the info for the event in case you guys want to join us it's going to be such a beautiful time in lake geneva here in wisconsin and thank you again amiga for everything
1: now, thank you for having us and all of those listening. I hope you really enjoy this. You know, give us feedback. Thank you, Sonia, for having this platform once again, for just showcasing all the beautiful women that are doing amazing work. And remember, it takes a little bit of work to make a big impact. So we got this. Keep going.
0: Yes. Thank you again, amigas. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mujeron podcast. Keep shining and keep working to becoming the mujeron of your dreams.